Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellspring Worth, the podcast. Here we are in season four, and this is your host, as always, Nkem. And we are here with our first guest of the season, which is really, really exciting. For me, it's 9 a.m. on a Monday. So for me, it's like the first guest of the week, the first guest of my life. Because coming (laughs) into season four of this podcast and starting anew after having not recorded for... I don't know, six, seven, eight months at this point. It just feels like I'm, it's, it's, yeah, it feels like a whole new podcast. And it kind of is because we're looking at things from a different lens and we are adding the topic of creative expression and authentic creative abundance into our conversation, along with the existing topics of wellness, spirituality, and writing. So, yes, let me give some space for our guest called Care to introduce themselves and then we'll get into this awesome conversation. Welcome, Care. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here and happy that in the four, like the first of 2023, yeah. fourth season, I think it's beautiful. Um, so my name is Care. I go by Vivian Bears. Uh, I'm a Black trans non-binary trauma-informed care practitioner. Um, I often say, or at least that's my, you know, my signature of my email that I, my work is to remember embodied experiences of awe, mm. connection, um, ancestral healing and care. Mm. And so uh, basically, I'll, I'll do a lot of different things, but the most important part is care for me. So um, I do different things. I do Reiki, I do astrology, I do hypnosis, uh, I do tarot. I'm also the author of the, uh, or the creator of the Ancestral Healing Tarot deck, which I think we will be talking about. Yeah. And I'm also an artist and doula. Um, and I also do a lot of transformative justice work. Um, and I know it sounds a lot, but actually my really cute spot, I call it, is <laughs> <laughs> Black interiority, uh, somatic memory, and queer intimacies. That's where I feel like my work blooms. So. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Let's let's jump right into the cute spot. I love cute spot. And I probably, <laughs> if it's okay with you, you're going to be taking that and moving with it from now on. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Black interiorities, intimacy? Somatic memory and queer intimacies, yeah. Somatic memory and queer intimacies. Can you explain that what what does that look like for you in your work yeah um I think it came from I mean I've been working for a while now and uh, I realized that first of all my work really the foundation of my work is social justice Mm -hmm. I don't believe in healing without social justice at all and so um, for me a lot of my work has been embedded in or at least it has bloomed because of social justice and um, you know, movements like Black Lives Matter or um, and especially Black queer people being at the center of this. Yeah. Um, and so and then somatic memory is really about um, remembering experiences of awe and connection. Like I said, in my mm-hmm. signature of my email, um, just because, you know, healing, if we really want to do healing, we have to uh, start with the body. Um, right. You can, you know, think about it all day long. But if you don't actually live it in your body, if your body doesn't feel safe, then it's not really healing. Uh, and queer intimacies is because, you know, I'm a queer person and I work mostly with queer people uh, and queer intimacies. I mean, queer as a concept of not just, you know, an identifier, but really a way of living, meaning decolonizing our way of thinking relationship. And uh, and what I mean relationship, I mean relationship with ourselves, with other people and the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people that, you know, trauma is relational. Trauma happens in relationship. And so killing has to happen there, too. And so for us to really kind of like feel like healing is there, we have to also create healing in our relationships. So yeah, that's where this is. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to, this, this is helpful groundwork, I think, because we're, our conversation mm -hmm. is on creative abundance. I want to talk about practice, right? You mentioned care practice, practice as part of healing and moving from the theoretical and the knowing that something needs to change and starting to think about making the changes or only making the changes with self, not necessarily including the, the relational experience to the practice of living in the world as the healed being or as the healing being or as the being that is being. Mm -hmm. And maybe we don't even mm -hmm. need to attach heal, he, the word healing Absolutely. to it, you know, like yeah. that, that maybe just is kind of a hindrance. But um, different vocabulary resonates with people in different ways. So we'll just like include everything as feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to creative abundance, like now in this season of the podcast, I'm really feeling happy because it's, it's my own journey. This podcast is my personal journey that I'm inviting people on. And because I, I like to cultivate wisdom through connection with other people, it's like just the way that it happens. And in my personal journey, I have moved from a surface level understanding of creativity and uh, art and craftiness and all this stuff, which is great and beautiful. And I'll always be there for the crocheting and, you know, the painting and all, <laughs> all of that, the writing, especially the writing, because that's everything that I do, but going underneath the surface and coming to how do we understand that we are expressing the thing that needs to be expressed within us and bringing in this, my cats are whining in the background and they never I get worried when they do that sometimes because I'm like who are you talking to first of all and second of all why are you making much noise now and when I'm over there petting you you don't want to make any noise anyway so um, I can't hear them so you're all yeah good. no you won't be able to hear them um but I do and yeah so bringing in the, the somatic experience with that because I feel like when it comes to understanding what it means to be a, to be in your creative essence to be I like to mm -hmm. call it your creative abundance that's just like your god state some people can think of it as or the state of flow the intuitive state mm -hmm. where you just trust the, the state of trust within yourself where things are flowing and there's no blockages but before we can actually get we have to understand what prevents us from being in that place what prevents us from being yeah. our true authentic selves and i think that's also where the somatic experience comes in because once again you can think about what might be wrong you can talk about what might be wrong all the time but if it's just stuck at the head and the body is not involved and there's just so much information and intelligence that's not part of the picture so yeah where do we go from here <laughs> <laughs> i want to know what do we do now what do we do now what do we do now I know that. no i totally understand and i think it comes back to uh i think also social justice is i think um and that's where i'm i'm really particular about the kind of practitioners that i you know, get in touch with or follow or just learn from because if you don't kind of um, integrate structures into yeah. healing, what you call healing, for me, it's just gaslighting. Yeah. Um, the, you know, when it comes to creation and creativity, it's so triggering or activating for a lot of people because so many people are like, I don't have the fucking time to be an artist or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> and I totally understand that. And I also want to say that it is a privilege and it is, a, you know, um, you have to have the space, the energy and the time and the resources to be able to even think about healing. Like mm. it's, it's so much work and that is not at all resource because you're not going to be paid for being a better communicator to your partners. <laughs> right. So and we live still under white capitalism. So um, I, I think it's important to say this. 
Um, but the second thing is that we're always creating and I don't want to be this person, but it's true. Like right now we are creating cells. We are like, you know, creating hair, you're growing hair at the moment that I'm talking to you and nails and everything else. And so, yeah, we are embodied creation and some people, it will be, they will be artists actually. And some people, they will be not artists, but creating, creating in different, different ways. ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about my friends who make amazing food, you know, and that's mm -hmm. like, you know, your stomach is your second brain. And so the second we eat their food, we're just like, oh my God, and it feels like a high in the room. And that's creation too. That's Absolutely. art too. So I think it's just about, you know, realizing that we all create in different ways. And I think specifically for Black people, Black women, Black femmes, Black trans people, I really want to tell y'all just to be able to survive this world, you are creative. Mm. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like incredibly creative to be able to just survive this gaslighting world of white supremacy and bullshit. <laughs> you have to be creative, you know? Yeah. So I kind of always tell my clients, like, there's no, you know, I think it's really the life force energy that you connect to right. once you have the space and the time. And sometimes you don't, and that's okay. It's not yeah. your fault. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about so many workshops that I do around the somatics of survival, where when you're in survival mode, you don't have the space necessarily to like go and create whatever the case might be. And so I think it's also important to just like not gaslight people and be like, yeah, maybe after your job, your two, your two jobs, maybe you have time to whatever, like maybe no, maybe the best way to create. And I will uh, circle back to uh, Trisha Hersey, mm -hmm. uh, rest is resistance. The mm -hmm. best way to create is to fucking sleep, <laughs> go to bed, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. I think there's so many ways in which you can create. And so, um, yeah, like it's important to know that you don't have to do a specific way no. to be able to create. Um, and we all, we all, we are all creators. We create our lives, you know, in different ways. Of course, there's like different shapes and forms and structures around us that shape our lives in ways that we don't have really control over. But at the end of the day, we do um, have the capacity to create a lot of things around us. So. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's great because it speaks to the accessibility of what it what it feels like to be a creative person or an artist mm -hmm. or someone who's just tapped into who's always tapped into their creativity. And yeah. this is where we need to really separate ourselves from what's shown on social media, which is this one, one, two, three step to being a creative being or, yeah. you know, take it even further post COVID where people are just like, I'm doing my own thing. One, two, three step to being a creative entrepreneur who is working with, you know, clients up the fucking whatever and just is making 10K per month or whatever the thing is that, and yeah. everyone sees different things on their timelines. I don't see this content anymore because I unsubscribed to this kind of content because it just was somatically irking my soul and somat somatically just like som somatically and otherwise just like taking everything away from me and taking me away from what I felt was my connection to life force energy to source to creative to my intuition to my feeling of being aligned in the moment here and now without ever having to change anything in order for me to feel like I'm living the life that's meant for me. And that's really yeah. what we're trying to get people back to. That's that's that is the hope. Absolutely. That's the aim. Yeah. And and I think the the really the opposite to that, this life of energy of creation, the the really the opposite to that is comparison. Yeah. Really, it just yeah. steals you from everything. And 
you know, I also want to say that I wasn't, you know, creating some years ago because I just didn't have the time and I just, I was in survival mode and I'm, I still am in different ways, I think. Yeah. But I think, you know, also a lot of things are structural and geographical. I was in Paris where everything is much more expensive. Mm. And once I moved to Berlin where like life now it's getting more and more expensive, but life is way cheaper than mm-hmm. Paris. Uh, I had much more time because of capitalism, you know, yeah. so it's just structural again. So I think it's important to be like, you know, if you live in New York, maybe, yeah, of course, you don't have the time to, you know, the most expensive cities in the world. Maybe you don't have the time to, you know, do creative work as in creative work, this very structured creative work that we see on Instagram. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're not a creator and that doesn't mean that you're not creative. Right. And we have to remember that what we see on social media is just a snippet of a person's yes. reality. So somebody may look like and not not that this matters, but it does sometimes, you know, it is helpful to understand a potential truth. Somebody may look like this is what they're doing full time. And they, but it could just be that they took, you know, a two week sabbatical from work and created all of this content to put out in such a way that it makes it seem like they do it full time. We don't even know the full story. But yeah. the thing is, you know, for some of us, it's coming back to the baseline of how can I start to access my intuition such that I can live more creatively or live mm-hmm. with more flow, live without having to have my two feet planted on the ground, in the ground all the time. And this doesn't mean that we're not rooted and we're not centered and we're not anchored to something. But for me, the past year and change, the past two years, incidentally, my Saturn return um, period, that's why I'm coming out of it now. And I could totally feel it. So thank the Lord on that one because it was so <laughs> difficult. But in that time, and I've spoken about spoken um, about astrology on this show quite a bit, so um, I feel very comfortable just speaking. And I know that you're in that space too, so I feel comfortable speaking mm-hmm. about it. So my Saturn mm-hmm. is in um, Aquarius in the twelfth house. So for me, wow. it was a highly mm-hmm. spiritual time. I when I say not having two feet planted on the ground. I did not even have my hands in the air. Like I was in some other dimension <laughs> the past couple of years. Yes, while I was creating this podcast. And there was parts of it that I felt like I'm not even here. I'm not even real. Like I'm not actually a real person. But then there were mm. other parts where I just felt such a clear access to my intuition. And I was just living completely intuitively, traveling, you know, throughout. I didn't travel the world in this past two years, but I try, I was nomadic and I was just moving and I didn't have a home. And in the beginning of the journey, I was like, I have no life goals. I have no life plans. <laughs> like truly it was just like doing that and just flowing so much. Now there needs to be balance in life. But in that experience, I was able to like somehow codify or categorize or like come to articulate what it feels like to access your own intuition, what it might feel like in the body. And not everyone's body is different. Everyone's somatic experience is different, obviously. But there are some core things that we all experience as human beings in human bodies that we can, you know, we can transmit and we can translate to others that we work with. Just like the, everyone has a nervous system. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This, the, 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 the second brain is the gut. Everyone has that situation. So those are some things that we can work with in order to get back to what does it feel like to be in my body? Yes, be here and be able to create from a place of truth, not from a place of comparison, as you said, where we're just giving away our power and not um, thinking that we have the ability to do things on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and March I mean the your sun return is not over it's gonna end March 7th 
just but you are at the very at end. the end yeah that's fine yeah. no t- it, as long as you're too. ending as long as you're <laughs> ending to end when you need to end but the ending <laughs> yeah i'm also in my son return yeah. it's really hard it is really hard um yeah i i definitely and i mean but in the 12 it's a beautiful place because Saturn loves to be in the 12 mm. um so the, i think that's also a beautiful kind of protection uh, spell for you to have Saturn in the 12 in Aquarius at home it's really strong Saturn for you so uh, do, were you born at night or were you born during the day evening do you know you're t- okay so you have a night chart it's a little bit hard more hurtful when you're a night chart but yeah wow it- it's taking it to a whole different level <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, I love astrology. Uh, yeah. I think it's it's a beautiful way to like kind of like codify the world and just have a different experiences of yeah. your, you know, your just your relationship to the world. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to dive into astrology so much now, but for mm-hmm. those who are curious about Saturn's return, you have a podcast that you, I remember I listened to an episode where you were talking about Saturn's return and your mm-hmm. perspective on it, which was so different than the other perspectives I had heard, which was, was those were super simplified and I just couldn't feel anything, but with your perspective, mm-hmm. it was really in depth. So what's the name of your podcast so people can check it out. And I can also add it to the show notes. Yeah. It's called the ancestral magic podcast. I just want to change the name now. Like I was telling you just before we started, uh, I yeah. think I'm going to change it to the somatics of care. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, the ancestral healing magic, I think, I mean, if you find me on Instagram, I think you will find it. And my name on Instagram is self love tribute. So okay. um, I'm sure you will find it. Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff we'll put in the show notes too. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, another thing with astrology is like the, and I want, I want to make a connection um, from this topic to the topic of practice, coming back to practice and mm-hmm. practice as care, but astrology as kind of a map, that you can say, okay, you can live on your own and live according to whatever is around you, your your people in your in your life, society and schooling, institutions, family, all that stuff. And or you can look at astrology or some other design and say, well, we can also try to follow this map and see if that works. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm like, oh, it actually works. Absolutely. So why would I look yeah. any other way? Like if I just say, okay, this placement here and this might signify this for me. Let me try to look at it. Let me try to live life that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. It feels so right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, the astrology, I always tell people, you know, you don't have to believe in it. I, I really, I'm not invested in convincing people about this. Like, yeah. that's just, like I really don't really care. Um, <laughs> But um, astrology, like any other, you know, divinational practice or ritual that you want to have is uh, just about basically looking at your relationship to the skies and your relationship to the universe around you. And, you know, human beings, you know, being thrown on this planet, we're always trying to understand, like, what our purpose here and what do we do? And so astrology comes really from just looking and observing um, the seasons and how you know everything changing around us and just trying to understand the cycles of time so it's really just our relationship to time and our relationship to the universe and so I always tell people you know the moon has a huge impact on the ocean and you're 70% of water so right. why wouldn't have had like an impact on you and yeah. um yeah, I find that it's also a beautiful way specifically for queer people. You know, astrology is very uh, famous or like really entertaining for queer people. And I think it is also because it has been really whitewashed, I just want to say. But um, queer people love astrology because I think it's another way to read your own or just take back the story of your own existence on planet Earth mm-hmm. outside of those, you know, etiquettes that people have put on us. So like, mm-hmm. you know, 
queer, trans, black, all of those things, even if like they're spaces of liberation for so many of us, right? Mm-hmm. They're also spaces, which is contradiction and it's part of life, that's o- they're also spaces of harm. And yeah. so uh, to look at something else for to define your life and define your story, I think it's such a beautiful way to be in connection with the universe. So yeah, yeah but it could be something else, you know, if you don't like astrology, but you love tarot, great. Right. Yeah. Um, and this comes into the into the practice because there you can see astrology on a, just a theoretical level and like, you know, like the, zo- it, the zodiac signs, right, that they put in the back of the magazines and hor- horoscopes. That's what I mean to say. The horoscopes that they mm-hmm. put in the back of the magazines and stuff. And it can be theoretical or depending on how oh, it you- could be somatic also based, you know, like yeah. every today, for example, is Monday. It's moon day. And the moon is uh, rules cancer and cancer rules a part of the body. And you could just like, you know, do a meditation on this part of the body, you know, right. the chest. Like you could like you could go any other direction you want to go with yeah. astrology and any other practice. I think somatic is really great also with astrology because sometimes it gets really I think with Instagram also we got this really astrology very quick consumable which sometimes is very funny don't get me wrong but sometimes we kind of it's another way to put people in boxes like oh you're libra that's why you do this and it's like well it's actually a little more complex than this um it's a way more complex yeah practice yeah so yeah sometimes it gets a little bit complicated because of how people use it like everything else but um yeah yeah the the somatic the somatic part the practice part that's it's so important because without actually taking parts of the life that you want to live and, and living them out, like actually living out these things that you think will be useful to you in astrology and not just letting it be a, a funny thing. That's, that's something that I'm, you know, social media, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But there's this thing about mm-hmm. instead of living things out, it's just making a meme about what it would be like to live things out. Like it's a hypothetical, exactly. but it's like, yeah. what happens if you actually try that experience? What will you learn? What will you, what might you gain from it? And how can you then, cultivate or fortify your own um like your own intelligence your own wisdom within your body your own indigenous understanding of what it means Absolutely. indigenous meaning indigenous to you yes that yeah. comes from your upbringing and everything but it also comes from the choice that we mm-hmm. have that we take when we say okay i'm going to do this thing or that thing based on what is coming from my heart or what decision i'm making not what i think i should be doing based on society and that's yeah. part of the practice and it's difficult but then the difficulty it then refines you right and you become who you are through that exactly and astrology is a land based you know practice so you know Asians looked at the skies and were like, okay, this North North Star is like basically giving us direction for the North. And this is what we were trying is to find direction. And p- before Google Maps, people yeah. would look at the skies and be like, oh, okay, for, to find the North, this is this star that you should right. follow. Right. Now we have, of course, like all these tools that we don't have to look at the skies. Yeah. Just, yeah, we're taking the shape of always looking down, unfortunately. But pe- pe- before people would have to look up and look at the skies and say, okay, then if I want to go north, I have to follow this star. And so astrology can be in the same way, the spiritual way to find direction for your life, right? Like, what about my relationship? What about my work? What about Mm -hmm. my siblings? And there's everything in a chart. So you could ask any question theoretically and find some kind of direction. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about tarot a little bit because you mentioned it a few times. Mm -hmm. I myself have been enjoying tarot um, since Mm -hmm. last April. And I feel like tarot found me i did not find tarot in fact before when i when tarot would come up in my life i'd be like 
blank mind like my mind wouldn't even <laughs> have anything to say like I don't even know what I'm looking at like there's no way this could make sense okay bye but then it found me in in uh April and then from there I just like I'm so into it and I've gone through my own journey with tarot again with the giving away my power and putting too much emphasis on what the exact messages of this card might mean and this and that and that and this and moving from that into a more intuitive understanding and just mm. under, uh, letting letting the psychic ability do its thing, be able, letting mm-hmm. the psychic ability be able and allowing the cards to be a support for me and not the answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So can you give a little bit of a background on what tarot, because I feel like you explain things really well, especially the historical part of it. I would not be able to do that because I don't even know. <laughs> but mm-hmm and how you found tarot or how tarot found you how you use it and then you could talk about your deck too and yeah so i i'm really connected to the tarot that was published in 1910 by it was created or at least the illustrations that we all see on the cards are created by this light-skinned black femme from the uk called pixie coleman Uh, she was completely erased from history she was basically asked by this white man to um, create illustrations based on his creation. But he just told her orally, like, this is what I would like to have. And she basically created out of like a conversation, the whole deck, which is 78 cards. Mm. Um, And then she was completely erased from, you know, as they love to do that, (laughs) to uh, from from history. Um, And at first, Tarot was a game, like it's a game, actually. You could play a card game with Tarot. Interesting. Wait, um, and just before, Tarot is, is like a, a system of divination. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a system of divination that is basically uh, composed of two parts. So the major arcana, and arcana means secret, and minor arcana. And so the major arcana is the fool's journey, so from the fool to the world, 22 cards. And then the rest of the card is divided into four, um, four, let's say, like composition, which is fire, air, water, earth, divided to the elements, or cups, pentacles, swords, and um, which is the last that I forgot. Pentacles is earth, swords uh, is air, wands, wands, and cups. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so um, this is the this basically this card, you know, game that was introduced in Europe, and then it started to like really you know, people started to get crazy about it. And now we use it as a divination tool, actually. Yeah. Uh, but before it was a game, which is funny and always interesting to think about because, you know, we, now we're asking like super deep questions to our tower deck. Like, <laughs> I know. But actually it's a game. And I, I think also life in a, in a different way is also a game. So just yeah. to have this in mind. Um, yeah. yeah. And so how I found a tar- a tarot was basically a kind of like the same as astrology. I really wanted to... I think post 2020, I felt that I really needed, um, I just didn't want to be here. Mm. And I felt like, you know, my way to not be here is to kind of deep dive, like really dive deep into my intuition, my creativity. Um, and astrology for me was this way to just get out of planet earth. I, f- mm. I felt like, yeah, planet earth is really ghetto. Human beings <laughs> are just going to kill themselves and each other. Uh, I just want to dip out. And so my way to dip out was to go into space and the past or the future, which is for me one and the same. And so I really felt like I wanted to fly back towards in the past. And I started to with astrology and I do also a lot of archival work 
um, you know, diving into archives of black people specifically, because that mm. always gave me so much strength thinking like they've gone through the same or worse. Yeah. And there's this quote unquote bank of information of all those people that have passed, you yeah. know, physically. And I can tap into this kind of bank of information to ask for advice and direction. And so I went back to, I went to astrology and I went, I, I always was really into astrology, but then at this point I really felt like, you know what, I think my, my, my thing was like, okay, it's so expensive to get a class, an astrology class. It's so expensive. And then after 2020, I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm do what I love because this is ghetto. So I just did that. <laughs> and then um, the correspondence between astrology and tarot are really, really big. And so kind of like intuitively, I went into tarot and tarot yeah. is much more also, um, I want to say accessible just because you can buy a tarot deck for 20 euros or right. 20 dollars on online, you know. Yeah. And so I found this deck uh, that is the Neo Tarot deck. Yeah, Neo Tarot deck was my first ever deck that is only black and brown and non-binary trans femme presenting people. Mm. And so I bought this deck and then I started to do this every day. And it was kind of this way, I think also for someone who's visual, I'm very visual. It was this way to kind of like translate my feelings into, you know, small little cards that you can be like, okay, I find myself on this card. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that this is me or this might be my friend or this is my ex or whatever the case might be. Uh, this is my relationship to my ancestors. This is my relationship to my parents, whatever. And so this this is how it found me yeah. and then I just you know I don't know I just I feel like I'm such a I always say this to people I take myself very seriously so once I do something I kind of dive deep into it without but I didn't have a plan of creating a tarot deck at all at mm. all I never thought if you would have told me you're going to create a tarot deck I would have been like no I don't think that would happen um, and then I was, so I was living in Berlin and then I, I went back to France, which is my home country. And I was in a lot of pain. I went back for eight months and then decided to go back to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of pain. And so I think my way to be protected from God was that I needed a creative project where I felt when I'm designing on Photoshop, I just, I don't have to be here. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's important to say this when we're talking about survival and trauma, um we have different you know trauma responses sometimes it's dissociating I think yeah. mine is definitely dissociating um and some and I really want to tell people also that it's not something that has to be fixed it's actually the best response you can have because at this moment it's just too much for you for whatever reason and so your right. body's like you know what maybe the best thing to do now is to Stop freeze or dissociate yeah. or like whatever yeah. um so it's a natural it's a natural yeah. process. It's it's not trying exactly. to fix ourselves. It's trying to fix the situation, the environment, exactly. the society that creates the ongoing trauma, which is not natural. Exactly. That's the exactly. Thing that so fix, that's yeah. really important to like try as much as you you can to not shame yourself on your trauma responses. I just right. want to say that because I Thank see you. a lot of clients who just like always want to shame themselves or others about their trauma responses, and we don't have control over them. So, no. um, but for me, I just felt like I really wanted to just not really be where I was. And so I think God gave me a creative project so that I could pour myself into it. And so at first actually it came because I wanted to create a a workshop. I do workshops all the time. That's my favorite thing to do. And I wanted to create a workshop for black queer people or black people in general to read tarot on Mm. the fool's journey. So the 22 major arcana. And um, (laughs) this is really me, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to create a workshop. And so I have to show the images. But then I was like, no, but I'm not going to show those images, the the traditional tarot, because it's only white, yeah. skinny bodies. Yeah. 
and none none of my friends look like that it's very <laughs> like, it's so, super friends- important to see to yeah. the representation is super important yeah exactly so i thought okay then i'm just gonna create my own cards and so i started to do one card and another one and it was the first of february 2022 and my birthday is the 23rd i'm a pisces and so i decided okay i'm there's 22 cards and i'm gonna do one card a day and i'm gonna ask on instagram what people like if they prefer this background and i was started to do this kind of um you know voting thing every day yeah like do you prefer this pink background or should it be blue or whatever and people would vote and they really like love that and they were like some people were like no you really have to you really have to make a deck like follow through yeah yeah and I was like no at first it was really hard for me to even you know think I'm gonna do 78 I did even more I did 83 cards but I thought like no I'm never gonna do 78 cards it's crazy and also like I don't want to publish a tarot deck. Like, I don't know enough. Like all of those, like, you know, making yourself small. Yeah. And then as the strength card, which is the Leo card, a person came to me. I I saw this black femme, Victorian black femme. So I used, just for you to understand, um, archive from black and, and uh, brown people. And I would place them. It's kind of like, I don't want to say Afrofuturism, but sometimes people say that my work kind of looks like that. It's black people from the past into like complete, you know, spacey yeah. worlds. And so some people sometimes call it Afrofuturism. I don't, I don't know, but I'm definitely, of course, influenced by this work. But uh, and so at the eighth card, which is the tr- the the ninth card, sorry, the eighth card, um, no, the ninth card, or the eighth, yeah, no, the ninth card, sorry. So strength card, which is the Leo card. Um, I put this Victorian black femme on this card and this person came to me and said, hey, you know, this person that you use for this card is my ancestor and and I'm a Leo. Mm. And so I felt like, okay, this is a sign that it's actually bigger than I thought it would be. And then, yeah, we realized also that this person's daughter passed when um, she was seven months and she was born at the same date as me. And so there was plenty of things like that, that I was just coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really do believe in signs. um, And I feel like God has a specific way to talk to me. Uh, Sometimes it's just like dropping something and telling me, just think about it, (laughs) you know? And then I have to like water it and all of this thing. But um, at first I was like, no, I'm never going to do a tarot deck. It's way too big. Uh, but then I just con- decided to continue and, you know, sometimes I would do five cards a day because I was in complete trance. I was yeah. just, you know, channeling something that, you know, and people always ask me, like, how did you pick the people on the cards? And I'm just always telling them I ha- I-, I didn't. They told me who they were when That's I so saw beautiful. them, when I went through the archives and I spent hours and hours to archives of different museums and you know, all throughout the world, uh, like the Library of Congress and stuff like that to find archives of Black and brown people. And it's really hard because, of course, we're erased from history. And also, there's also a lot of images that I found that were... I I couldn't use them because it's a lot of trauma. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, but just going through those archives for me has been so healing because I just always thought like, wow, this person existed. They were on planet Earth you know, and they impacted the world around me. And now, you know, I don't know what they think about this world now, but it's just having this connection with, and also when I was going through this, you know, work and I was creating those cards, I felt they were all really present in my life. And so, 
you know, I just, I feel, I always thank them. My tarot deck is on my altar and all of them, I feel like I created altars for them to rest, you know? Um, So yeah, I'm really grateful for this work. No, it's an incredible project. And I had the privilege and pleasure and honor of being able to support you with copy editing last year. And I don't know, I think, I, I don't remember if I told you or not, maybe I did, but like probably just a few weeks or maybe, maybe a week not more than a month before I started working with you on copy editing, I was just, I thought to myself, I want to work on a tarot deck with somebody. That's what I thought. I thought, I swear, I swear to you. I I was like, it'd be so nice to work on it. That's what I really want. I want to work on a tarot deck with somebody. I didn't know what capacity, right? Like, but um, there, and then you put something out on Instagram and I was like, no freaking way. And then I just, I said, I said, I put a comment there and then, and it was history, but through the process of me working on that, on the copy editing, of course, I got to read all of the descriptions and everything. And this is a testament to those who have the same feelings that you had in the beginning of this project is too big. I can't do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. All of the can'ts, all of the won'ts, all of the the stuff that kind of contracts us and brain and doesn't allow mm-hmm. us to be as free as we are. You created it. Okay, fine. It, it's accomplished at this point. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that you had those initial thoughts. But as I was going through everything, it just felt like so true. Like, this is who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it didn't feel like a, a, like a, a kind of wimpy, like, uh, I'm just gonna let's just oh, put it out so there and, and close my eyes and just hope that it's that's okay, too, sometimes too, right? Like, we don't all come in, you know, fire blazing, like, uh, super confident, super rooted, super centered, and super clear and able to push mm-hmm. away the distractions. Sometimes we have to do it with the distractions and we have to put that wimpy little like, here it is, take it. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. going away. Mm-hmm. That's fine too. But the way that I experienced what you had written, just it just felt very deep. It felt very, and I love the interpretation because that's not something that we touched on, but I think this is where the coming back to like, understanding who you are and the practice that one has to cultivate their own wisdom, their own intuition, their own kind of intelligence within is where you really get something from using tarot or else it's just always externalizing and trying to find answers from other people or trying to find answers from elsewhere where it really is about the internal resonance. So the, the interpretations that you had put that you put in your, in your descriptions, they were so different, different than anything I'd heard um yeah because yeah. my wish was really to reimagine tarot through the lens of ancestral healing mm-hmm. and so you know that was my I have a, a son in the fourth house in Pisces if anybody's interested in astrology so for me it's really this is kind of like the foundation of my life is like you know ancestral healing is really present in my work it has always been so I knew if I do a tarot deck which I didn't know but once I had to write the guidebook which was horrible <laughs> no horrible but like I think an undertaking because so people yeah it's so funny because people you know what they see of the of the of the tarot deck is the cards which makes yeah. sense right um this was the easiest it's maybe five percent of what you do in a tarot deck maybe ten it's the easiest for me it was the easiest thing to do I was completely entranced on photoshop I love designing on photoshop so that's for yeah. me you know you can put on a podcast listen to somebody like you don't have to think so much mm-hmm. but writing mm-hmm it's you and your soul mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is and your vocabulary is, <laughs> and I'm not a native uh you know English speaker also um so a lot of things came up for me and 
I really wanted to, yeah, I really wanted to create a guidebook that was, you know, through the lens of ancestral healing. Um, and so that's why I felt that. I, and I just didn't want to re-say the same shit over and over yeah. again. Like, yeah. you know, so it was really important for me. And that 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 goes with the archival work is like you see ancestors. And so the, the goal of this tarot deck is to really dive deep into your own ancestral healing and what it means to you. But mm. I also wanted to create you know, a guidebook that felt like you had the space, the the air to think about your own things. And I said at the beginning of the guidebook, like, if you don't want to read this guidebook, don't like mm. look at just the people on the card and feel what you feel and journal about this. But right. like, you don't have to be, you know, glued to my guidebook. I'm just one person, but that could mean totally different things for you. So yeah, I think it's really important my healing, you know, as a practitioner to always tell people like, you don't my my goal is that you don't need me you know that's right. my goal yeah not that you're 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 clung and stuck to me like a dependent mm-hmm. child and i love that because we are shifting away from this paradigm of yes white patriarchy supremacy all these things capitalism <sighs> slowly but surely some people way more fast than others some people way more slow than others it's fine <laughs> but it is happening it absolutely is happening yeah. at its own rate and as we do that we realize that we do need to understand how to follow our own power within, cultivate our own power, follow our own voice, our own feelings, and not have to always be dependent on an external source or an institution or whatever to guide us forward. So I I love that sentiment of, if you don't want to read this book, then don't read it. And how do you know that you don't want to read it? Well, there'd probably be a very visceral feeling internally that's like, I don't want to do this, you know? Absolutely. And most, most of the time, you just say, well, I have to do it because this is part of the thing and it came with yeah. the package and this is the way you do it. But if you're feeling like I don't want, then maybe don't do it. <laughs> and probably yeah, life, think, life will feel better. I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it's great to listen to what you your body has to tell you. And also the 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 way that I consider the guidebook is that, and I wish I could have done this for each and every card. I did 83 cards because I added the five elements, fire, air, water, earth, and spirit in my cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those elements, I didn't want to write so much. And so I created hypnopoetic trances and like there's a QR code in the guidebook that people can follow and and listen to that. And so it was my way to be like, what about the people who can't read or who don't want to read? Then there's yeah. like a somatic understanding. I wish I could have done it for all the cards, but unfortunately, you know, it's so much work. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, and I, you know, I think it will be part of exhibition work that I will do in the future mm-hmm. uh, about tarot because I'm really interested in creating exhibition works around, you know, how how could we quote unquote learn the tarot if we could? It would be so much better if we could you could just go into an exhibition and listen to hypnopoetic trances about the fool, so that you really understand what the fool is about for you, mm-hmm. instead of just mm-hmm. trying to like know by heart this thing that somebody else wrote that has no idea about your own experience, you know. Right. So yeah, I think it was also for me this idea of like how do I make my work accessible yeah. uh, as much as I can with of course limitations, but. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I just want people to like follow their guts. Cause I think also tarot can become a source of like codependency, yeah. kind of like ritual where you just like, you have to ask all the time, ta- the, your deck, like, what should I do? What Everything. should I do? What this- yeah. And it's like, no, just like you really have to trust your feelings and your gut about and this. And that's the thing, yeah. because tarot is only there, the way that I see it, how I interpret it for myself. And it just feels like it makes sense almost to like trigger or catalyze that 
internal feeling, but the feeling is always there, right? It's not like now that this tarot deck, the feeling can come through my my ears into my brain and and now I know, but it's always been there. It's just like something needed. It's almost like you needed a permission to feel it, to feel it and to Absolutely. recognize that it's okay. What if you gave yourself the permission without the external thing, without the tarot deck? But sometimes it's helpful and it's also fun. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that part. Like for those of yeah, us who are drawn to game. practice a game, that's fun. Yeah. Especially if the picture, I have the mother piece tarot deck. I don't know if you know that deck but it's circular and it's all it's oh all women in terms, yeah it's very and the, very so beautiful funny because my my um flatmate has it and I, she just showed it to me it's so oh. funny that you have the same oh, yeah well, it's a go. beautiful deck i really love the deck i really love it and when i use it i have fun using it because it's almost like i feel like i'm in the images they are so um they're so they, they they tell such a story and the way that they're mm-hmm. they're drawn or childlike in a way like there doesn't feel like this kind of fine art thing it's just so free and it just makes you feel like you want to jump blue scan do like jump into the mm-hmm. the the image and go on the ride in that place so that's also a fun thing too which mm-hmm. i appreciate and i and i'm glad we were able to kind of touch on both sides of using these divination tools it doesn't have to be a yes, I'm going to use it and, and I believe in it or I don't believe in it because that's once again putting us into that paradigm of separating ourselves from each other and creating comparison and needing to be validated by an external thing like an institution yeah. or a practice or, you know. Yeah, and I think it's also fair to say that the wellness industry sometimes has this really, you know, it's still very capitalistic yeah. kind of endeavors where uh they make you believe that you are a project to be fixed at all times and right. it's never ending. And so, you know, a lot of my work also is to tell people, I'm not going to, we're not going to fix you in my sessions or my workshops or whatever the case might be. What we're going to do is reconcile with the pain through ceremony. We're not right. trying to fix you. Like that's, that's why capitalism, what we're trying to do is reconcile with the pain. Yeah. So you know, because a lot of the pains that we also face are structural, you know? So, you know, and even the most personal ones is really tied to structural things. Uh, there's no really separation from those things. The person is political, right? So mm-hmm. I just always try to tell people it's, you don't have to fix yourself. You know, you're not, a. this system has really made an effort to problematize bodies. And yeah. so we're not going to do this in my sessions. Right. Problematize bodies, problematize ex- every experience needs to be experiences different. existence. It needs to be yeah. different. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I just this this sentiment about feeling like things need to be different. Why can't they be exactly what they are? And um, it makes me think about how we cultivate wisdom within ourselves, potentially through mm-hmm. the resilience that we have. You know, like going through situations. But I, especially now, especially now, love to use wisdom as a lens through which I work and live life and have relationships with people and just create my life because it is so graceful. Like there's just Mm -hmm. so much, if you know that you are in the process of creating wisdom, then for me, there's an inherent peace in that. And there's an inherent bigness. Like I I allow myself more of my innate capacity because we all have this huge capacity, but we're, we're playing small and we're, we're keeping ourselves really dense and not allowing ourselves to kind of, you know, fizzle out into the, the greater, the greater energy that is us. But mm-hmm. if I look through the lens of wisdom, it's like, okay, now that I'm a wise being, <laughs> mm-hmm. let me look 
at the situation. And it doesn't have to be a, a situation that's filled with pain. It could be a situation that's just bliss and joy and to be still able to take that larger perspective, the wisdom perspective, what am I creating here? What is being, or what is being channeled here? What kind of wisdom already exists that's being channeled here through me? And it, there's no, there's no uh, black or white answer. It's not this or that or the other thing. It's just an ongoing question. And I feel like the answer is felt as I live, you know? It's almost like in retrospect, I can feel Absolutely. that there was something yes. that was created and cultivated. Um, but I yes. love that the, the creativity journey is is part and parcel of that. Like I, I'm not able to to have that full perspective without really deeply engaging in my writing or really deeply engaging and supporting other people with their own creative expression because I feel like that's how yeah. it comes through as well. Yeah. I love that. I always tell people like you live life twice as you're moving through time as a body, an animal body. And as you look back and then you 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 get to make meaning of what yeah, happened connecting right. the dots and that's the part that is the most creative for me that's the mm. part that I get to you know a lot of the things that I'm going through I don't have a lot of control over like I just don't yeah. but then when I look back and I make meaning of what happened then I have much more control I can say oh this is why this horrible thing happened because then I could have met this person then I mm -hmm. did this and then I was able to say this so I think, yeah, this is beautiful to say. It makes me think a lot about hypnosis too, because the hypnosis is a lot about this work that you just described of like just taking a different perspective or just trying to somatically embody your wisest, you know, being. And right. from this point, making decisions instead of, you know, trying to shrink into what people want you to be Oof. and then making decisions from this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I feel like I feel like there there is definitely more in this conversation because I I, <laughs> I I know if we were to like pivot to talk about resilience, there would be like a whole other hour yes. of what what's in that. But um, this is a good place to wrap up. I think there are so many juicy mm -hmm. nuggets in this conversation. And like I, I always have fun, of course, recording. And then when I go back and edit everything, it's like a whole, you know, you, you get to mm -hmm. once again live this story. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank, Thank you. you for your insights. And is there anything that you'd like to share with people about maybe anything that you're offering in the next few months, you know, just in case people mm -hmm. listen at different times or more about you, yeah, where you can be found all that. For sure. Yeah. So the Institute of Healing Tarot Deck is available at Flower Press. Um, I will send you the link if Perfect. you need. Yeah. Um, you can get it from my publisher uh, who, who is in the U.S. So if you're someone in the U.S., it will be easy for you to get it. And there's also plenty of stores who would have it, hopefully. If you are a store and you would like to, um, you know, Stock. get this deck in your yeah. store, please let me know. Send me an email. Um, my, my website, I think, is where you find the most of me, which is selfloftribute.com. Uh, on Instagram, self love tribute. Um, I'm at the moment trying to create, creating a care lab where um, QT BIPOC get to, so queer, trans, black and brown people get to practice the three or like four uh, most inherent need we have as human beings, which is dignity, safety and belonging and mm. connection. Um, so once we don't have those needs being met, it falls into trauma and so that's what i'm trying to create right now at the moment um i'm doing a lot of workshops around but mostly they are in person berlin so if you're not in berlin that might be complicated but if you <laughs> but are I'm doing it a lot might of be workshops. 
Yeah, um, I do a lot of workshops around transformative justice and the semantics of conflicts, basically how we show up in relationship when we've been traumatized by society structures, relationships. Uh, that's, I think, one of my goals this year is to really create more space for people to have better conflict, generative conflict, because conflict is really important. Mm -hmm. And the last retrograde of uh, Mars really fucked us up when it comes to conflict. I don't know about you, but like there was a lot of conflict, a lot of violence. And I found that it was a kind of like a common thing in my circles. And so I really wanted to create that. Um, and if you want to work with me one-on-one, you can. Uh, you just have to go on my website, selflovetribute.com. And I offer a lot of different things. I do astrology, Reiki, um, hypnosis, um, somatics. Uh, I'm also a doula, but that might be complicated if you're not in Berlin. And I do also a lot of like intersection work which is my favorite which for example is hypno reiki i mm. love doing this with people because it's just it's just beautiful to create that or like astrology and hypno reiki in the same session and so looking at your chart and see how what has affected you lately and then to going into a session that's beautiful too so yeah if you want to work with those modalities tarot also tarot also obviously i do a lot of tarot readings so um yeah you can find me on selflovetribute.com Excellent. Thank you so much. You're such a beautiful person. You, I love the way Thank that you. you intersect whatever you want to intersect in your life and you allow yourself to be seen and you allow mm -hmm. yourself to just be creative and do your thing. You know, yeah. I don't know what, what things may be potentially holding you back within, but in terms of how you do show up from how long I've known you in the past, I don't know. Yeah. Eight, seven, eight, nine months, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Life goes by, man. It goes by so quickly. <laughs> Um, you've always shown up authentically and with conviction and that's really inspiring. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here and sharing who you are. And I hope that, I, the, yeah. Yeah. No, I was about to say, sorry, that I, I might want to work with you in the future because I'm, I'm trying to write this book on, um, care and what the four elements of fire, what earth teach us about care. And so obviously I, I wrote down my goals for this 2022 for this year. And I was just like, yeah, if I want to do this, I might need a coach also because it's, as you know, it's so hard to motivate yourself mm -hmm. to write a book when you have so many other things to do. So yeah. um, I will, I loved working with you and I I'm, I hope that, you know, in the future I will be able to do, do that again. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. These are the kinds of <laughs> connection. This is why I make these connections so that we can continue working yeah. together on our passion projects to like share from this place of authenticity. So that would be beautiful. You know exactly where to find me. You can, whenever you mm -hmm. want, sign up for a call so yeah. we can, we can, we can do that. And yeah, for mm -hmm. anyone else who's listening, who wants one-on-one -on -one coaching <laughs> or, or, or wants to join in, right? Transitions. We got to get our transitions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Just like what we have going on at Wellspring Words. We've got our digital anthology, all places where someone can, Come grab a cup of tea, sink their teeth in nicely to a juicy bite of some authentic expression. Whether you're just mm -hmm. engaging in it in this podcast or reading some works from the digital anthology, or you're taking a workshop or you're joining a writing course or joining the writing fellowship or the one-on-one -on -one coaching, there's something for everybody. We even have Instagram live um, sessions that we do once a month so something for everybody and we hope to catch you guys next time somewhere else stay in community and yeah stay in touch thank you for listening take good care bye